Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports ever. All right. I'm your host. I was thinking, I was like, what's my line? I'm your host, Max, along with... Uh, I think I'm Trace. <laughs> what gear is it? And let's talk sports. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 59. We are 10 away from the elusive 69, so looking forward to that. Nice, 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 nice. We got a spicy episode for everybody today. Oh, what were you going to say, Sean? I was going to say, what are we going to do for episode 69? I'm not eating 69 in any way. That's a lot. If I could hardly do 50... Can I do 69 push-ups? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, 69 we'll, ounces of, of we'll milk? Think, I don't know. We'll think of something. <laughs> 69. I have to send 69 uh, you up messages to random contact. <laughs> <laughs> we got we'll chug 69 ounces of water and then try to hold it in for a full podcast afterwards. No. Oh. That'll be the quickest podcast. We'll be at like 15 minutes and we'll be like, you can hear us like squeaking and moving in our chairs. <laughs> anyway, uh, how many times do we have left? <laughs> okay, okay, are we good? And that's the episode. <laughs> and then you just hear Niagara Falls. <laughs> you hear the porcelain crack. <laughs> there, was so, there was so much pressure. There's like 300 PSI building up. <laughs> the guys are coming out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how it would be. So we have a spicy episode for you, ladies and gents. Today, uh, we have some playoff talk, some playoff pictures, some winners, some losers. As usual, we've got our highs and lows. So to kick things off, let's get into those weekly highs. Let's get the good vibes freaking rolling. The weekly highs. All right, Max. Uh, I'll start off with the highs. Especially, let's talk. Let's talk personal highs first. Uh, personal high. I just, you know, right before the recording of this podcast, got to go out with a couple of friends on a day trip uh, to Western Mass. You know, uh, going back to the to the alma mater. Uh, the driving, alma mater. That was the plan. It didn't end up going that way. We actually got to drive through it though, just kind of see the new stuff going on, and then you know, just you know, seeing all the places. I feel like. One thing about Western Mass and being out there for a while uh, is that I actually didn't like there's so much more to it than I was able to discover and like go through. And I was like, like my friends were like talking about all these places. And I was like, I was like, I haven't been there. I haven't been there. And I, I realized you know, the campus library. I haven't been there. <laughs> I, haven't been there. <laughs> I haven't been there. You know, the gym. I haven't been there. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> so was like I really felt like man I was like as much as I tried to to go out and do stuff and and go to different places it felt like there was so much more that I I hadn't explored so being able to do that today and going to like different restaurants and you know like a bookstore and 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 by you know, eating by the river and stuff like that 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 was uh it was a nice 
nice day nice it, it was there was a little bit of rain. oh i know where you went i know where you went it was that like cafe bookstore shop that's that like kind of mill place that's yes. by the river yes yes i know where you went yeah yes. that's a really nice spot it's i actually really didn't nice discover that until senior year so yeah yeah and, and we're, we're past that now so like and like <laughs> i so i am uh i'm a very late bloomer to that but yeah no some really cool spots that uh that we went to and the weather the weather was warm except you know, there's a little bit of drizzle here and there, but you know, can't can't beat going to new spots. And you know, a lot of these places are indoors too, so it's like I'm I'm always down for an adventure as long as we can figure out where we're going. So as long uh, as it's in a temperature controlled room, I'm always down for an adventure. <laughs> I'm, I'm always down for an indoor adventure. If it's too hot or too cold, I will not be there. <laughs> No, that's cool. Yeah, sure. I I hear you. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, did you have a car in undergrad? No, no. Yeah, I didn't. So it's wherever it's it's wherever the public transportation. uh, That's where that was where my wonders came from. As far as public transportation could see. Can see. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Wow! It's like wow, the stop and shop. Wow, the movie theater. Staples. Wow. <laughs> I've never been to this Staples before. Is it any different? Up. <laughs> oh, I can't stay here for too long because I'll miss my ride back. <laughs> yeah, and you know I they do. don't run past 10 p.m. on the weekend. <laughs> that's, so. the worst, that's the worst, too, is like when you're like time, time bound by public transportation. That's that, it. If you miss your bus, I'm awful. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on this rant. Being from Massachusetts and not having... Uh, a car to myself at the moment i hate how early the this is, this is an aside as well but this is a transportation rant i hate how early the the commuter rail into into boston if you're going for like a red sox game i hate how early that ends the last the last train is because like it's like 11 and if if you're going for really? an even yeah if you're going for an even it's like 11 07 or some like you know what i mean like some of like that they used to run i distinctly remember they used to run to 12 and then since the pandemic they haven't been they've like cut down on the trains and stuff i'm not sure i haven't you know it's been it's been a couple months but for an evening game like say the red sox game ends or even a celtics game say those end at like uh say so say those start at like 7 7:15 7:30 right celtics games will start nine, at like 7:30 yeah, yeah. Right. And sometimes eight o'clock Celtics games. And then with Red Sox games, there'll be like a 7 10, 7 15. It's like always random times, right? 7 11. Um, those like with Red Sox games and baseball in general, it's going to be like three hours at the le- three and a half hours at the least. At and least. Then, and oh. then, and then you think it's going fast. And then you're like, oh my God, it's actually going on par with an hour per like three innings, whatever. Then you're getting closer. You're sweating at like three hours, 45 minutes. I'm like looking at like the clock. I'm like, okay, it's 1045. Okay. We're in the, we're in the eighth inning. This better be a quick inning. And then now I'm not even focusing on the game anymore. I'm like, you're worried about, cause you don't want to miss your train home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially when you're like, so time bound by the, tra- by the last, uh, last train. And you're like, oh my God, like you're not even like, okay, like let's speed up and win. You're like, like, okay, like at this point we could lose. Can we just, can, can we just go home? Like just one more train. Just give me one more train so that I can finish a game in, in peace. <laughs> That's why I always drive. So yeah, <laughs> it, it helps. It helps. No, it helps. It, yeah. Cause that's annoying. Cause you don't, you don't want to. Yeah. 
Cause it's like, you know, you're at somewhere and your mom has to come pick you up and you gotta, you're always thinking about like what time she's coming and then you can't really enjoy yourself or on your mini golf ice cream date. <laughs> you know, she, mom's coming at six. It's five twenty. You only got 40 minutes to try to sneak a kiss in and maybe hold her hand. <laughs> Cause when six o'clock rolls around, you got to act like you don't even know her. And then you get in the car and then you just go home and then mom asks you how it is. And, you say it was fine, and then she asks you for more details, and then you don't say anything, and then she says, well, why don't you really talk to me? And then it gets into a whole thing, and it's a big mess. But yeah, Trey, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you got to say you were at the bookstore. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was by myself looking for books. <laughs> I was by the river, and I was at the bookstore at places I've never been before. and I just... Eating bagels, maybe. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, so Shrey, what about your sports high? Yes. So, you know, this this is a sports high for me. This may be taken, you know, differently to other sports fans, but the Minnesota Timberwolves recently, they, they won their play-in game. Uh, we are recording this after the game one, which they, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies in game one. Anthony Edwards, in, uh, insane first pro- playoff performance. Uh, but let's you know reel it back for a second because we hadn't talked about it. The the playing game against LA, right in Minnesota. They they win that game. You know some really key stops at the end, and Pat Beverly leads the charge in a standing on the uh, the scores the, table. Yeah, the the scores table. You know taking off the jersey. You know, everyone's like going crazy in the crowd and, you know, people initially, I wasn't one of those people, actually. Normally, when I see something kind of like, you know, where people can kind of take it as corny, I would be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, it's kind of corny. But in the moment, I was thinking like, like, man, they actually played a hell of a game. Like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that they're celebrating this. I did think that it felt like it was a little bit over the top, but I was like, they have like they should celebrate. Like Minnesota literally wins nothing. It, okay. They literally. They, they, this is the this is the second playoff berth in what was it like eighteen years? Yeah. Oh no 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 playoff no. berth. Yeah, the second in eight. Yeah yeah because they they last went in 2017? 17. I yeah yeah whatever it was they like made it with Jimmy yeah, Butler but, right yeah with Jimmy Butler right but playoff but like like before that you couldn't even make it to the playoffs yeah you made it to the playoffs you made it to the plan and hey they had a good season man they had a good season i i i i will give them credit cuz the timberwolves were not somebody who you know cuz you see the memes it's like the timberwolves twitter is like timberwolves are actually going to be good this year and yeah and that I remember, hasn't been true for a while i i forgot uh max about your about your standings your predictions but i i think i had them in the plan and they 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 were in the play, and I think I had them in like I didn't have them in seven eight. I think I had them in nine ten. I did but, not. I did um, not. I had like I had like Spurs and and yeah. So I think I had I think I had like Timberwolves Spurs or something along those lines. But I was I like relatively I was up on the Timberwolves because I I saw that you know if Anthony Edwards took that step up, and then you get you get someone like Beverly who I think. And we'll talk. We can talk about this. Who I think was like pr- their biggest key in this playoff in the in the season. To <sighs> you don't like Beverly, do you? No, I don't. I don't like Beverly. I used to like him, right? Because 
somebody who appreciates the defense, you know, I was like, oh, this guy, he's a dog. He's a defensive-minded player. He's that guy. I started not liking him when I when I saw kind of how he was. I don't want to say it's a personal thing, but kind of like as a person. When I saw him play in like the 2K tournament and he was just straight up obnoxious. Oh, like, really? I didn't it was an that. NBA players, yeah, like yeah, an NBA players two K tournament, and he was straight up obnoxious. He and he, I think he made it to the finals and got beat. And the entire time he was winning, he was just in people's faces. He's like, "I'm that guy. You suck. You suck." And then he got beat, <laughs> and he just threw his controller and like logged off. So he so, felt like any. He felt like a like a scorned gamer to you. He, he felt like a scorn gamer, but not just that. It's just kind of like how he takes winning and losing and what he says. When he started that beef last year with Dame and started going at his sister and all that stuff, that was weird. When he like had just is like has weird beef with weird people. He does. And then sometimes we'll just like not show up. I'm not a fan of that. I maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm misplaced with this like he could be no, he's definitely like, over he's definitely over the top. And he definitely he doesn't come with like obviously a lot of his energy is when they win you 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 hear it you you know it like it's on social media like when they win Pat Beverly is telling you about it but when they lose yeah. it's like obviously it's going to be quiet i i mean honestly i like the way he plays if you're going to if i see and i i don't have no reason to like like the guy i guess in a sense cuz like i'm not like some big pat beverly fan or some minnesota fan but the you've way- got Harden fans, you've got KD fans, you've got LeBron fans, and now strictly Pat Bev fans. <laughs> Wherever he goes, that's my team. Oh my god! But the, okay, but straight, he's not even he. People com- try to compare him to Marcus Smart, and then like other you know kind of like guards that are defenders, like Ben Simmons. Uh-huh. Pat Bev has a really hard time with the superstars, and people act like he's that like guy who can lock anybody up. Uh, I've seen him hold LeBron to like 30 points. I've seen him hold these like really elite scorers to like 26 points. That's not holding somebody. I mean, you just let them drop 20, 20 plus in some of his plays while he makes good defensive plays and he's yeah. a hustler. I don't think he's like in it and he's up there with, but he's not like a defensive God in my book. I think, I think, I think we also take um, kind of that, that 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 stat about when when players like hold someone to a certain amount of points i think we take it a little too far sometimes because that ends up being like one of the like people look to that metric where they like oh well you know remember that game when he when lebron like like crushed him and like or whatever like i see like so like obviously you want to hold the best players to the best like you want to hold them to the like the lowest amount of points but i think at the end of the day if you're a part of the transition to a better team defense, I think that that is key. What I what okay. I what I'm what I'm thinking of is um, specifically when we talk about where the where the Timberwolves were when they made the playoffs last with Jimmy Butler, right? And Jimmy Butler was that two way player. He was a, 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 like incredible, like incredible defender in those in those years, and. He's he was the real cog to making that team go to the playoffs, right? They had a good scorer in Wiggins. They had Towns. Towns was still putting like obviously he's grown into himself a little more since then. But like he's he was he's been putting up these numbers. Let's be honest. So it's nothing new that he's putting up twenty and 10, 20, 10 years. The difference this year is that he's actually been healthy for most of it. Correct. So that year he was healthy, 
They were able to make the playoffs. Jimmy Butler was the key, right? Right. Now now let's 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 shift. Jimmy Butler leaves. They have Wiggins, they have um Towns, they they miss the playoffs, they swap Wiggins for Russell. They keep they're they're still missing the playoffs. They retain to develop Josh Okogie. <laughs> and and Jarrett Culver, right? Like they like none of these players work out. They're missing the playoffs. Now we were now we go into this year or, or last year, they have Anthony Edwards, right? They get they get a better score in Anthony Edwards, and it's he's his rookie. They get Malik so, Beasley, yeah, yeah. So now he's so now they've they've they they're kind of in that same spot from like last year where they had where in twenty in um right before like when they had like a, a Levine and uh Wiggins and Towns, they have like two good scores. The like you know what I mean where they have Russell and and Edwards and Towns it's like kind of the same uh, construction in a sense right but their defense wasn't wasn't great last year and then once like I feel like Pat Beverly like as much he gets shit on for like being over the top and he is and he needs to stop sometimes because it gets like like the in your face stuff is cool when it's like on the court, it's, it's he doesn't. Well, right. Exactly. When it comes off the court, but I've also seen him get exposed on the court too. I've seen him get exposed. I mean, and it comes He's with, had games where he can't guard a paper bag and it comes with the territory. When you run your mouth, people are going to, you know, put that eye on you and they're going to come at you and right. they're going to come at you at every game. Right. Like the, the guy but you're that, saying, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that his energy and his intensity and then just kind of that defensive prowess because we still have to acknowledge that that exists. That was the transition and the transformation for the T-Wolves. Like, I have a stat. So they were the 13th ranked defense this year, okay? Okay. So That's pretty good. In, 20, in 2016-17, when they transitioned from Levine to Butler, right? And then they, like... They had they had a they had a better defensive year. So this year, like from last year to this year, last year I think they were twenty like twenty seventh in defensive rating. Twenty seventh. So like even though they were good in offense, they, they they had a good offensive team. They, they as a team they couldn't guard a paper bag, right? You add you add a in terms of defensive rating. I know defensive rating isn't everything, but it's a good indicator. It's a good ba- base level indicator for how well your team is playing. Um, on a per on a possession basis uh, throughout the season on defense and offense, when when you go from twenty seventh to thirteenth on defensive rating, like that's a massive jump. That's a jump that that good team that that shows you're in the top half of teams now. They're in the top half of defensive teams now. Like they didn't have Pat Beverly, they have Pat Beverly now. I know it's like not apples to apples, and he's missed games, but I feel like in just kind of instilling uh, that defensive mentality. Is what he does, even if he's not going to have a really good defensive game every day. And I think obviously that's going to happen when people are going to be like, "Oh, well, you didn't. You said you were going to stop this guy, and you did it on this day." I mean, people then tend to forget that you know he's averaging you know over a steal a game. He's averaging close to a block a game as well as a guard. And so, like, he he's he's gritty. I I think at the end of the day, when I think about the the progress the Timberwolves have made. Pat Beverly should be up there, you know, him and Edwards is growth, but I think he, he's the, one of the main reasons why they're in this position playing the way they're playing. Like cat is not some massive defender. Anthony Edwards is like athletic, but he he's not some great defender either. And D'Angelo Russell is not a defender. So how is, how are they playing? No. Good de- 
How, how, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Those are the three best scorers. They're not playing. They're not two-way players. Like, they got guys like like Jared Vanderbilt, really good offensive rebounder and defensive player. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Torian Prince, uh, Pat Beverly. You know what I mean? Like, J- Jalen Noel. Like, they got, like, these kind of, they got these guys at different positions that can def- defend that allowed the offensive players to to still score and do what they need to do get you know get their assists like play well play team basketball on the offensive end but their limitations on the defensive end aren't the end all be all anymore and it's because you have a guy like pat beverly who's averaging like 10 5 and and like 5 with a block and a a block and a steal and a half like on a on a game-to-game basis that's a lot of like all-around production at at a starting guard position that is going to make your team better and that's that's what like really i think made them a more defensive intensive team they, well, they the original deserve- question was is it okay for them to celebrate yes. uh yeah and i think i think knowing that knowing that they sucked and now they don't suck right. and they've right. sucked for a long time and minnesota sports like suck like the vikings the vikings are mediocre every year the twins are mediocre they're good and then they choke in the playoffs the the Timberwolves hardly can ever make the playoffs. The Wild are they they they're they're in the they're all in the mediocre category. They're they're they've never left average. So for a team that of 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 them is one of those people that haven't even gotten to average in a while. Like it, I don't know in a good win. Like I can see the emotions getting best of them and and making you know making a really big celebration. Obviously, if they lose, if they you know, lose the next four games, people are going to look back at the celebration and be like, ho, 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 you said Cancun, and then, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's going to be an old take exposed moment, probably. But I, yeah, but you have to, I mean, but you have to, well, we always talk about broadening the scope, and I think that it's important for them to acknowledge that what they did is, for that franchise, historic 18 years, 18 years, you're letting a kid be born and then go to college. <laughs> in that time that's a long time i don't care who you are yeah so yeah i'll give it to them and for your opponents it might be a little annoying you're like why are you celebrating you haven't won anything but they're still in the process of accomplishing what they came here to do and i think that that is what makes it okay in my in my book and because they're they're on the way they're on the way and you can celebrate those wins right as long as you're not like we're the best team ever which because that's not true you can't say that until you win you can say, hey, we're a good team. We're allowed to be happy about this. And as long as they're not, again, and, and no, you know what, Trey? And they did. They backed that up. And by the time people listen to this, there will be more playoff games. So we, right. we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. But to come out and take game one handedly yeah, against the Grizzlies, you know, in a way, away for the Timberwolves, at home for the Grizzlies, I think that says something. And that says something about how hungry they are. Now, are the Timberwolves going to win the series? I don't know. What I saw from the Grizzlies is I saw a lot of nerves. Mm. I saw a lot of nerves. This is a young team. This is a playoff run that they have not been on before. Yeah. I saw I saw the youth getting exposed. And that's okay. That's something that they're going to have to get through. But there was a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And it helps from the Timberwolves standpoint to have someone like Pat Beverly, right? Who has been through the ring. Who's ringer. been through yeah. it. it obviously people are going to point to he hasn't like really won anything right like i think the he has been to the western conference finals but other than that like it's not it's not a great track record in the playoffs for his teams 
but in a sense they do they do win they do win playoff games they do play hard in playoff games I don't say like oh the Timberwolves are seven so they don't have any good players or they won't have the same experience because at the end of the day the Grizzlies don't have that experience either they're going to be playing for the first time too so it's like I think at the end of the day that that kind of is even so it's up to the players to at this point just really have some really good performances. Minnesota's going to need some big performances. I know they got one from Towns and from Edwards today, but they're going to have to continue right. pounding because John Morant's not going to not going to let down. Desmond Bain's not going to let down. So it's like they they got to keep pumping it up with um the starters cuz Grizzlies are deep. So I think that's the only issue is that Minnesota's not really that deep on the offensive end. Yeah, that's true. Right, because once you really have to dive into the reserves, once you go past Malik Beasley, it's like who? And even with him, he's like he can be a flash in the pan too. He can be quiet. He can be a flash in the pan too. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for the playoffs. I really like all of the matchups this year for first round. I like yeah. all of them. I think there's stories behind all of them. Last year we were like, eh, it's a little boring. Mm. This year, I like all of them. I like all of them. I think it's good. There's a lot of young teams making their debuts, you know, people who we haven't seen in the playoffs for a little bit. And I think that's exciting. It's better for the sport when teams that you don't really think have a, sh- like when you go into the scene, you're like, it's the Timberwolves. It's the, the Grizzlies. Like you, when you have that mind frame and then you're like, Oh, these teams are playing well. And they add to the pool of potential teams that could make noise in the playoffs. Like anytime you can add to that pool and like make it as more chaotic as possible, it's always good for the league because you get more fans into it. It's not, it's not a scripted season. It's not oh we're just waiting for the season to end so that the Cavs can play the Warriors for the fourth year. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's there's just more juice behind a team like <clears throat> the Timberwolves playing well and the, a team like the Grit and Grind Grizzlies playing well. It's like people want to watch that type of stuff. People want to watch newer teams with new players go and like elevate their, their status in the league. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So let's go over to the weekly lows. (laughs) The lows. I just have one low. I'm doing another combined, another unfortunate in memoriam, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, a legendary voice. If, you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. I mean, the, he was Digit on Cyber Chase. That's he the was, first thing I point to, man. I love Digit on Cyber Chase, dude. Yeah, yeah. He he was so many different characters, like Iago, he, Iago and Aladdin, Iago and Aladdin. I just just a, a legendary voice uh, passed away. You know, still young. Uh, was he 67? It's just yeah. He had a uh, he had some health related issues, like health related issues, yeah. just super sad. So a voice of at least Treyas and I's childhood, for um, sure, for a sure. lot of stuff. So sad if you ever watched, that, if you ever watched uh, Hollywood Squares in the uh, or like at least reruns in the the late nineties, early two thousands, he was like he's had some classic moments on Hollywood Squares. You know, it's just a it's a tough it's a tough loss for the comedy world. The the entertainment business, just life in general. If you if you've yeah. ever known about Gilbert Gottfried, so yeah, he was he's a raunchy comedian to say the least. That man was he is he does dirty. he has no filter <laughs> he really no does. filter no filter. But one of my favorite bits is him reading Fifty Shades of Grey. That was a <laughs> phenomenal video. I'm not going to quote it on here because we're not that podcast. But if you want a good adult laugh, look up Gilbert Gottfried reading Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. 
So let's talk a little bit more about some other teams in the playoffs, and particularly the play-in first. Uh, we have kind of the last two final matchups determining the seeding. We have the Pelicans beating, for the, for the eighth seed, really, we have the Pelicans beating the Clippers and then the Hawks beating the Cavaliers. Mm. Uh, I want to touch just on, because I have less to say about the Hawks and the Cavs, I want to touch on that first. The Trey Young, again, a performer. He is turning into like a villain, and I love it. I love the narrative. He's eating it up. The Hawks defensively have not been the greatest this year, but offensively they are just a machine that just yeah. runs and goes and runs and shoots you out of the building and gets buckets when they need to. The only thing I'm concerned about in terms of their playoff longevity, and I think it's going to get exposed by the heat, is their defense especially when you're guarding those bigger positions, especially even like a scoring guard. What, what, is, what is a Trey Young going to do against a veteran Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, you know, P.J. Tucker? And then when you add like a defensive, a defensive stopper like P.J. Tucker, somebody who can guard Trey Young all the way up to Bogey, all the way up to Clint Capella, I mean, that's – for the Hawks, I don't see them getting past the first round, to be completely honest. Yeah, I agree with you there, Max. And I think they have a lot of injury issues to overcome too. John yeah. Collins, John Collins is tr- going to try to play game one. I don't know how he's going to do it. He hasn't. His foot's definitely not right. I think it's going to be one of these uh, situations where you know he's just going to have to test it out, gut it well, out, like he's like rushed Jer- back, like Jared yeah. Allen did, where he. he you know that Jared Allen wasn't a hundred percent. He was definitely favoring his other hand. I think John Collins is not going to have that same burst that he normally does. His athleticism is what makes him a threat is that he can get up for boards. He can, he's a lob threat, right? And his ability to jump shoot and get height on his jumpers is what makes him John Collins, right? That's what he gets the big bucks for. He's, he's not going to be right. Clint Capella left the play in game uh, with, I think it was like a hyper extension or, or something yeah. of that nature. So he's not going to be right if he even tries to play. So they're going to have to play Onyeka Okongwu. And who I, who I, who I actually like. I like Onyeka Okongwu. I like too. And I think he kind of makes up for some of that defensive lapse because he's, yeah. he's agile enough to where I could argue he could guard down to the three. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's definitely going to have a tough time with a, with a more savvy BAM, but he's huh. going to have a real tough time. Like he's a young guy. Uh, I definitely if think Bam, if Bam can expose Robert Williams at times, yeah, he's going to expose a second year for sure. A Kung Wu for sure. I think also what's going to hurt him is well, because of the health, the depth is going to get exposed in this series and it it's going to be tough. Like when you have, when you're depending on like Danilo Gallinari for minutes, for real big <sighs> Mama minutes, mia. the, uh, <laughs> he's gonna, he's like I don't know how old he is, but he plays. No, old. but he, but he talks. He talks like that. Guys, we got to play your basketball. <laughs> oh, Maron, give me the ball! Hey, it's a three, a three pointer. He's, he's oh, like, now do it, <laughs> guys! Wait up! I can't hey. do an Italian accent. <laughs> Mama, guys, run too fast. So he does. He plays. He plays weird. He, he so he's gonna play. He's slow. not Nuggets Gallo. He's not Nuggets Gallo. Yeah. So if he's gonna have to guard for a significant amount of time, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be a, a good time 
That's you, and right. he's gonna have to. Who's he gonna follow? Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, off Carl's. Who's he gonna follow? Jimmy Butler when he's driving. Bam when he's driving. Like everyone can drive. Everyone has. Everyone that's, plays with a with a. It's not a fast pace, but a quick pace. No, it's, it's like an agile. No, no, pace. but it's also motion too. It's also motion too. The Miami yeah. Heat keep their keep a whole defense, whether it's zone or man, off balance because yeah. the ball again. They're kind of like the Jazz in the sense that the ball's always flying, and they're always finding those lanes to where your defense has to collapse. Yeah, and that's why they can utilize a shooter like Duncan Robinson, who I know didn't have the best season this year compared to his previous ones. Right, he's still a threat, especially in the playoffs. I mean, a guy who who's Six seven, who can shoot like that is a threat, and to have a guard like Tyler Hero, especially if he continues with his confidence, that's the kind of guy who will expose Trey Young's defense, right? Yeah, a guard like that where he's got so many moves in his bag and he's slightly bigger. Trey Young is going to get exposed in that sense. His offense is going to be able to match for sure, but defensively, Tyler Hero is going to win that matchup. Yeah, it's just tough. They don't, they don't have a lot of offensive weapons we've talked about the hawks before i think that's going to show up in the series where you know bogey's not right trey young is going to have to lead the offensive load and you saw that first half of the play-in game when trey young was not shooting well the hawks didn't look right and then only when when trey young had the 30 point half yeah yeah did they did they have a, a fighting chance and they end up winning the game right because he has that half so a team so dependent on one player regard, going through their, their ebbs and flows, that's how the team goes. It's it's just so difficult that way. Like you have to have a second option that can at least I mean, obviously when the first option's not playing well, you have a worse shot to win that game. But if you don't have a second option that can at least, you know, bide some time, keep it close when the first option needs like maybe like a second half refresher or something. Yeah, it's like you're going to have some you're going to have some really bad halves and you're not going to be able to come back a lot of the time. So I think that might be what happens in some of these games. If Trey doesn't if Trey's not on it, they have no shot. So, yeah, well, because and and that comes down to your coaching, too, is Spo once he takes a lead. I got to give him props because he's really good at holding on to that. Yeah. If he gets that six to eight to ten point lead, he's really good at hanging on to that and then controlling the rest of the game. Yeah. Where Miami's a team where once they have that lead, they're they they slow the ball down. Yeah. And they keep passing it to where they're they're gonna find a good shot. Maybe they score, maybe they won't, but they're gonna make sure that they keep that margin as the game progresses. And then all of a sudden you're out of time. Yeah. And that's why the, that's how they beat the Celtics the other day. The officiating was terrible. But once they built that lead, the Celtics they got close. But they just couldn't. They just couldn't close that gap. They're, so. a, they're a savvy game management team. They may not have the the great offensive talent that like a Brooklyn has that a, that a Celtics have, but their ability to game manage. They have one of the best, the league's best coaches. They have savvy veteran players. They have team defense. They're a team, so it's like you can't count them out because they they're first in the conference. They they're there for a reason, right? So. When I see teams that are like, oh, like you know, Miami's like the easy, like they have the easiest risk to like you know lose a series or whatever or or underachieve in the playoffs. I don't know. I can never count that team out. Being on the other side of my of a Miami Caesar series loss, right? 
where you're like where you're like oh going into that that series in the bubble you're like oh the Celtics should win this Miami series like there's no way and then the, you, the Miami just knows how to out hustle you so I think just all those factors where anyone can score anyone can pop off even though was that have, the conference finals too it was the conference finals too right so you, you're like and that was after we beat the Raptors in six yeah so it's like so it's like oh people are thinking like oh it's miami like yeah jimmy butler's their best player but like who's their real offensive option like we have jason tatum and then you know you go through these you fool go through these games where you're just getting like you're like dang like this team plays super hard so at this point you can't (laughs) everybody yeah well that's the thing too is that like we would let tyler hero drop 26 on us in like 15 minutes yeah and then the next game, we're like, okay, okay, we're going to game plan for Tyler Hero. Then Bam goes off. Yeah. Like, okay, 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 we're going to do that. And then Jimmy Butler Bum. finally shows up, and we're like, <laughs> we're literally, it's just, you're getting punched from all sides. Bow, bow, bow. And you, then you just don't know what to do. So yeah. with that in mind, Heat in, ooh, it, it might even be a sweep, Shrey. I, I, heat in five. I get, I, ooh. I'm going to go Heat in six. I think I think um, with the back against the wall, right? Like I feel like you know Hawks could win a Hawks could steal a game in Miami, and then they they lose uh, their I feel like they lose their home games to and then and then they steal a game like steal game five and then they and then Miami wins in six. I I don't know. That's something that that's something I might. Uh, I can see I them believe. maybe taking a home game. Because of that, or they steal, or because again, Trey Young is the the villain, and he really likes that negative energy. Yeah, maybe maybe the maybe their one win is an away game. I feel like the one seed is like always due for like a shock in the beginning, and then they kind of like, okay, yeah, we can take this. And they're like, okay, this is right. This is how we play basketball. It reminds me of like I think that I, I, I forgot. <laughs> it reminds me of the Raptors series against the Magic, and the Magic won the first game, and the Raptors were like, okay, fine, and then they. I love that because the memes. <laughs> and then they won four straight. <laughs> so, and then they. Wasn't that the year that they won? Was was that the same? Was it 2019? The that 2019? Year? Yeah, I think it was, so. It was like 2018. It was, it was 2019. Yeah. So it was like, so you know what I mean? It's like, you're like, whoa, the Magic won a game? Do they have a shot? So I can see that with like a, a Hawks game. It's like, Lip whoa, yeah. the Hawks won the first game. So it's like, you know what I mean? So I see them winning a game and then maybe winning one at the end, like a five, like a five game five or something. Okay. Um, but so I'll, I'll say 4-2. I'll say conservative 4-2. Okay. Okay. All right. So the other thing that I want to talk about is the uh, Pelicans. The Pelicans. The Pelicans, who I made fun of Shrey, and I said, "No way. They're never going to be in the playoffs this year. <laughs> They're never going to be in the playoffs last year. Last year they weren't even close. This year they scooched in through the play-in because Brandon Ingram came back just in time, and man, they ate their Wheaties." They ate their Wheaties game one, and they ate their Wheaties game two. Game one to beat the Spurs, game two to beat the LA Clippers. Now, I knew they were going to beat the Clippers because Clippers without Paul George just can't do it. He got hurt at such an unfortunate time. Clippers would have taken that with Paul George. Uh, But that was it. The Pelicans won. The Pelicans are playing the Suns. Yeah, I really like like how the Pelicans have been playing, especially since they got CJ, which – my goodness, what a steal! <laughs> At the end of the day, like him for Josh Hart, yeah. Like Josh Hart, I think there was like a first in there, but who cares about the first when you get the talent? Or like, what are the Blazers going to be like massive with? It's the first health, time though. Pick? It's health. 
it's health. health it's health. That's the only thing that you have to be concerned about with CJ because CJ is a certified baller. He's a certified yeah. bucket. But looking at seasons going forward, I mean, what do they have him for? Two additional years. Let me let me check his contract. But yeah, keep check going. his contract. But but so they have him for a little while longer. But health. Health is the biggest thing. And we talked about this earlier this year with the Blazers themselves, with CJ being a health risk, with Dame being injured, with Nurk being a health risk. It's going to be the same in New Orleans. Uh, and speaking of health risks in New Orleans, apparently the Pelicans and Zion don't agree on his injury status. Mm. Now, this is kind of a mixed bag here. It's, it's how much – I mean, the player knows their body. That's one thing. But two – Players also, we have seen, have a tendency to milk injuries. Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, right? If they're, quote-unquote, unhappy in their situation. James Harden, they have a tendency to milk injuries. So, Shrey, what is your take on the Zion stuff? Do you think that he is healthy? Do you think that he is not healthy? Because remember, this dude, guy, man, suffered several setbacks, but he also wasn't showing up to his rehab. So... I don't feel too bad for him. And I honestly think that he's fine. I just think that he like wasn't in shape. So it's why he had a setback. I don't know. What do you think? I'm there's something going on. Definitely. Uh, I put a lot of credence into these reports, these iron reports of late because they've been uh, pretty, pretty right about assessing kind of his internal struggle with the, the Pelicans as an organization. I think it's funny because the way I think he's showing it is through these videos that people are taking of him doing all these dunks in pregame. Like he did the 360 and he did the, like he's he doing windmill dunks. Up. Yeah, he's doing whatever, the windmill yeah. dunks. Like I think in a sense, that's his way. Like he's going to put it out in the public and have people like, he's not going to tweet out anything, right? Like Zion's not a tweeter or an Instagrammer or anything like that he's not looking for attention that way his way for attention is like oh, oh i'm gonna ever so slightly i'm just gonna like oh i'm just gonna do this duncan warm-up like people he's gonna know people are gonna take videos of him put it on the internet and, it's, and you know it's they're gonna be the captions like like zion did the 360 dunk in the warm-up is he ready is he coming back they're gonna they're gonna script his narrative the narrative he wants for himself for him they're just going to do it. Like the media is just going to run with it. He doesn't have to do anything other than do a Duncan warmup, like where it seems like, like, and that's going to make the Pelicans look bad. So in Zion's mind, right? I think it's the teams. The report was the teams assessing that he's not healthy to play. Right. But he is, he's saying in his mind that he's ready to play. He, how is he going to show that he's going to keep doing these little things that people can, you know, click, click here, snap, snap there put it on the internet, write his narrative. He does it at the end of the day. What can the organization say? They, they're going to say, Oh, Zion, stop warming up. Oh, and so it's dunks? the opposite way. It's, it's that the team thinks that he's not ready to play. And he thinks that he is. I think that's what, uh, so it says that according to multiple sources, Andrew Lopez of ESPN, according to multiple sources, there's diff- currently a difference of opinion between the Pelicans and Williamson on whether he's healthy enough to play. The team maintains that the bone in Williamson's foot hasn't healed enough for him to take the floor. So yes, the team is the one that is dictating that Zion should continue to sit out. So uh, my guess is Zion obviously takes 
the other side of the disagreement, which means he thinks right, he's and happy. that's why he's dunking, right, and that's why he's doing the publicity stunt. I get it now. It I is get it so now. it is it is so calculated, right? Because he's never he's he's always he's just he's a quiet guy. He doesn't do a lot of media. He he hasn't. I haven't heard almost a peep about him. Like obviously, there's been some like Instagram stories when CJ first. No, got- straight. I wouldn't call him quiet if he's doing Mountain Dew commercials. Well, <laughs> but in a sense, right? Like obviously, he's going to do his endorsements. But in a sense, when it comes to like the media appearances and and and, and taking and putting subs out there about the team and his health and things like that, he, I, I haven't seen a lot of that. Right. So when you can yeah. tell he's frustrated. This is how he's showing it. He's putting out the 360 dunks and he's getting all the ESPN and the all the the basketball Twitter and and everyone looking at him being like whoa whoa whoa. Zion can do that dunk but he's not ready to play. So it's you not, know what I mean? it's that's but see that's and but that's, that's, that's but where he's created a narrative now. That narrative is now in people's minds. But that's dumb and you can't you can't even realize that it takes time to recover from an injury. Right? I thought it was the other way around, but this this might even make more sense, right? Yeah. The Pelicans are going to wait to make sure that he's actually healthy because they have vested so much in this asset, and now they actually have a team that can compete. They want to make sure they're just going to hold him out for the rest of the season. And what, Zion? You didn't play a single game this year, and now you want to come back just for the playoffs? That doesn't make any sense. One, I think an, I think a fair argument is to talk about team chemistry, right? Right. You're adding a team and, and I don't care about the vibes off the court because it seems like they're actually like they're friends with each other. And I yeah. think that's great. I think that's how you win. But chemistry wise on court play, you're adding in a player who hasn't played all year and is the darling of the spotlight. So that way, you know, based off whatever game plan, he's going to get touches. Right. Yeah. Do we know if he can actually execute in games? No, we don't. We've seen him in practices. It's not the same thing. And when you're going up against playoff teams who are in literally like peak form, peak shape, this is what they've been working for for mm. the year, if not years. You can't tell me that doing a dunk in practice equates to performance in the playoffs, offensively and defensively. So the Pelicans, I'm sure, are one, worried about chemistry, two, worried about his actual health, and then three, just kind of like if you don't if you didn't play the entire season it's just you just just know you don't get to come in at the playoffs it's just just it's just a matter of fact you don't get to just come in now because you feel ready if he played the last quarter of the season different story mm, i think so i mean we have we have had um uh examples of players like kind of playing towards the end and stuff. I know uh, one thing. One thing out of my mind, off my mind, is the Paul George year after the the gruesome injury. Um, he did end up. He he did when he missed that year and then he came back. He did end up playing like a couple games before, right? But but you're you're saying to come in straight for the playoffs um, when people have clearly seen that like the rehab has he taken it seriously throughout the whole time? Has he been working towards, right? When we look at, and like, this is a, this is a valid argument. When we look at Norman Powell, he broke his foot after being traded to the, the, the Clippers. And he was able to come back from the broken foot and play in the last couple games, like the last couple games of the season and into the play-in. Whereas Zion fractured his foot in October, I think it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he had the hip concern and then he fractured his foot and he hasn't been able to to 
to heal that bone for for six months. Yeah, and I think that's the well, argument you're trying to make. Like, like okay, it's 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 a it's a health thing too. It's yeah. it's right. It's it takes time to get back, and just because you're ready to play medically doesn't mean that you are. And again, I can't really speak on that because we don't know what the doctor's reports are. We right. don't know what the X-ray shows. We right. don't know what his actual condition is. Right, both both in terms of like the bone and then also conditioning too. It's just it's just weird too because it's you can see him. And I'm not again trying to make comments on his physical, you know, but he still looks heavier. He still looks like he weighs a lot. And if his rehab has not been going according to schedule, I can't imagine that he's in NBA shape. Mm. If it's taken I can't this imagine. long, yeah. If it's taken this long, right? So not even about your performance, about your conditioning. I mean, you're again, you're going to be playing against guys who are who are in peak shape. Yeah. Who are there to run up and down the court for 48 minutes straight and like break a sweat, you know, and now, now you just want to come out and just what, just because you want to No, that's not how it works. And honestly, I don't think that he's physically ready for it. Doing a dunk is fine, but I can do a dunk. I can dunk. I can dunk the basketball. That doesn't translate to my in-game performance. So. I don't know. It just seems to me a little bit more of this diva attitude that he's had in the thing. One of the things that I've really disliked, it's this diva attitude where he's like, me, 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 my, 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 I need to do this for my, da, 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 da. It, I'm going to be really curious to see what happens in this off season and whether he continues to throw a fit about the Pelicans organization. Yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting because we like his outward persona is so much different from what's coming out. And I think people, uh, at least me, calculated, I'm having, like you said, yeah. yeah, it's calculated. I'm also having a tough time kind of internalizing both aspects of him where outside he, he seems like a very friendly guy. He seems like a guy that people really get along with, uh, you know, that plays well with his team on the court and things like that. But internal, like on an internal organization level, so many things about like how his like family members are kind of running his life in a sense and 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 making decisions for him allegedly and was coming out and kind of these things where it's like it's not so much he's telling everybody this or he's hinting at it but that reports if you believe them are showing that there's like a very disgruntled young player that kind of worries about himself and and kind of doesn't take into account how how his how his success affects the team's success and vice versa right so it's like and also trey do you think that he would be doing this if his team like say say the season was extended right say it wasn't any playoffs yeah and say there was just more games to play do you think that he would be doing this if his team wasn't winning no absolutely not no that's that's the thing where it's like now i'm opening my eyes these videos and it's i've really opened my eyes when these videos came out and i was like oh so the team doesn't want him to play but he's coming out now like this is the first time i've seen him outwardly do something that has in months that has and that has gone against uh an opinion that has been reported on by the of the team where normally it's like okay this report comes out there's a disagreement there's no real evidence that we can show other than the report. Fine. Now the report comes out that he's dis- like disagreeing, and then you see these videos of him doing all these dunks in in practice. Could you, if he had, if the team told him, right? If the 
if the team like, comes up to him and says, "Hey Zion, like these these dunks, they're not making us look good, dude." Like we told the media that we don't like we, we that you're not healthy and you're coming out in practice and you're coming out in uh warm up televised warm up and doing these dunks. Like I don't know how he, he if that conversation has happened, if this will continue, but it looks like that wasn't a concern to him in the beginning of how it would look on the team whether he did these dunks or not, right? So that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The Pelicans now have a full series. Zion's going to have a lot of warm-ups. Is he going to continue to show off his athleticism during these warm-ups that in a sense now this report has come out will inevitably make the team look bad? That's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Because I don't well I don't think that he cares. Yeah. I don't think that he cares and he's already shown how ungrateful he is for this opportunity because he thinks that he's basketball god or his family seems to think that he's basketball god. And right, just like you said, there's that duality between what he shows on the surface, yeah. that public, you know, media persona and then what actually goes on behind the scenes. Because what I'm gathering from behind the scenes, I don't get good vibes from. Me too. I don't think that he's very fun. I don't think that he's nice. I don't think that he's empathetic. And I, I, I think I'm going a little bit too far to like speak on his character because I don't know who he is. But based off of these actions from alternate sources and alternate viewpoints of stuff that isn't directly in the limelight, like I said, I'm not getting good vibes from that. Yeah. But that's just me. All yeah. Right. And I mean, and you can tell like a lot of these reports are coming out from the team side, right? Like, like, or like at least this They're report They're crying comes for out. help. They're like, please. <laughs> Like, we have an angry child on our hands. Like you could tell someone in the organization is like, oh man, Zion is not happy. And so like, it's almost like a, it feels like a cry for help, but it also feels like, hey, the, the world should know like, hey, this is happening. It's like Zion's team would only put out something like the report where he didn't, uh, uh, where he might leave and stuff like that, right? Like that's a, that feels like a Zion's family report. This the one about the bone bruise not healing and he's not healthy enough to play. This feels like a team report in response to all these videos that have been made, uh, where it's like, hey, 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 we we didn't tell him to do this, <laughs> but he's doing it and it's not looking good. So it's like you can tell when the report is from which side, and so there's like a real battle in the media at least of of how this is playing out, and at the end of the day, I don't think it's gonna end well. Like when when relationships start like this, they never end well. This is like a first impression, right? Those first couple of years, it's like a first impression, not with a great first impression. So they stick in your mind, and I don't think this is really going to end well. I I agree, I agree, and oh man, it's a lot of drama. Yeah, a lot of gossip, and we know how I feel about Zion, so I'm going to be the first to hate. <laughs> so Shrey, thank you for trying to keep me a little bit rational, but we can see that there's clearly, clearly some issues here. Right. So as we continue, before we get going, let's talk briefly about another uh kind of key matchup yeah. for the playoffs for us. And this is based off the results of the play-in. The Brooklyn Nets just said, We're trying to win. We're trying to win. And they locked it in. Bucks through, Celtics won. Celtics made it up to two seed, which never thought they would finish a two seed. Mm. I mean, if you look at their net rating after that, after January, they they're like a sixty four and they're like a Suns team, like in terms of like <laughs> offense and defense. Yeah. They they should have won way more games than they actually did, like just right. based off of their numbers. Right. Crazy. Celtics made it to two. Nets locked it in at seven. Celtics and Nets first round. 
is the second to worst case scenario. Worst case being Toronto because of Jalen Brown's mysterious availability. Alleged situation. Yeah, that's worst case. And it was nice to see Philly beat them today. Second worst case is the Nets because you have the best offensive player in the league and then like one of the other top 10 offensive players in the league. Yeah. Uh, And we don't have Robert Williams who... I don't know, Shrey. It's like, what do we do? Do we just contain everybody else and let KD go off? Do we rely on our offense? Do we try to just clamp everybody? I mean, what's what's the game plan? I, I think that this could easily, 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 because I think the Celtics have the gusto in them to actually hang with the Nets this year. I think this is an easy seven-game series. Mm. Personally. Some, some, yeah, this is definitely going six or seven. Like, there's no doubt about it in my mind. I think if someone has a bad game, or if a team has a bad game, this could go six. Cause that's just like the, that's us just like or the, Brooklyn. Yeah. Us or Brooklyn. So like, you know what I mean? If there's like a slip up in a full game and it loses, like someone loses that game, this could go six. It could be, could be quicker. But if everyone's playing at their height, this is going to be a seven game series. This is not only for us, Max, this is the biggest series in the first round. Hands down. Like to see a team as talented as the Nets uh, go through what they went through, you know, from the the KD injury, all the the Kyrie vac- vaccination situation, everything of that James nature. James Harden coming in and James out. Harden in and out. To 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 then you know, but then you know their talent still with those two players in Kyrie and KD. To then be as, as low as seven. And it not even matter in people's minds. Like, I'm pretty sure when the first odds came out, Brooklyn was favored in the series, right? When have you ever seen a seven seed favored over a two seed in the first round? It it never happens. It never happens. But that's how, when you see the talent of that team and it, it's more the situation they were put in, you get kind of, you're like, oh, well, this is basically an Easter Conference Finals matchup in the first round, right? And... We talked about this on the last podcast with uh, the situation of, you know, tanking game, tanking, quote unquote, to games or, you know, manipulating your your seating position to try to get a matchup. And you were you were for it in the case of the Celtics because you wanted the easier first round matchup, correct? Um, you I do, want- because I consider it a bye week. If you blow that first team out. You get time to rest, practice, and then re up before a second round. Yeah, and I was I was under the 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 situation of like even though I wouldn't want to play Brooklyn, you I I'm not inviting any basketball karma to say like by changing your well they, they changing, I mean, they blew out the Grizzlies yeah yeah so it's like so it's like I I would inv- I would invite a Brooklyn matchup because obviously that's that would be great that's great television to watch and also. You should beat the Brooklyn Nets. It's not like, oh, it's going to be easy or anything. But this team, the way it's been playing, if we believe in it this much, and then come Us out, versus everybody. Right. Like, if people have that, that, uh, that, that, that viewpoint about the Celtics, they shouldn't, they shouldn't then just be wavering and be like, ah, oh, well, then, I mean, I'd rather have the Bulls. Like, I mean, I would too, but I, I'm not, like, angry that we got the Nets. They should beat the Nets. And if you are, in terms of how we should play them, if we're, if, like, I think we need to kind of try to play them straight up. Like, in a sense where it's like, 
I, I'm not a fan of doubling. Like, like they shouldn't continuously double Durant or continuously double Kyrie. Both of those guys know how to fight off doubles. They know how to pass out of doubles. And I mean, as much as we you hate, just the can't others, leave guys open. You can't you leave guys can't open. Leave guys like open. these are NBA players. If for if Seth Curry's open for a three, it's not gonna, he's like, gonna, he's gonna he's, make it. He's gonna make it. He's gonna make it, right? Yeah. Like I know he hasn't been playing well of late, but I still trust him uh, to hit a three open. I think you gotta you gotta bet on Jason Tatum's defense. Has it improved? It can like you know what I mean? Like it's tough. It's tough to say that. But if we're if we're talking about him as the player that he can be, which is a top five player, in my eyes, he can be a top five player. He's he's on the precipice of that right now. But he can get he's to on that. the precipice of being an MVP. Yeah. So he's he's right there, right? He, whether you consider him top five or you consider him consider him six through top 10, ten, he's yeah. there. He's there right now. For for you to be in that position, you can't you can't have okay, like you need to have otherworldly offensive abilities, but you gotta be able to play d- some defense. He's gotta be able to pressure Durant in the big like coming down the court. And obviously, like asking to him to hold him to a certain amount of points, not possible. You got to play team defense on Durant. You got to be able to switch. Uh, you got to be able to double team when you need to, things like that. But he can't be a revolving door, too. So Tatum and Brown need to play defense on Kyrie and, and Durant to a level that the team can catch up. And, and, and it allows them to be uncomfortable. They're going to get their 30s. They're going to get their... 25 and you know whatever but if you allow them to just run through you from the beginning going down half court you're asking for you're inviting trouble there's got to be some pressure in the beginning marcus smart's going to be huge in this series marcus smart on the defensive end is going to be huge for the series i think on the offensive end we're going to be we're going to be good uh, from what I've seen, I don't, I, I don't know, Max. Do you feel about do you? F- you feel have to feel good about them offensively, right? Like they, they play well. You have options other than Tatum and Brown, right? Smarts can get smart can get it hot. Derek White can be a slasher. Smart, smart, smart should have been DPOI. And I think the way I've seen some of these uh, voting uh, t- tables and stuff of like how people have voted so far, if they're true. He's getting a lot of votes, and I think he has a good shot of getting it. When do we when do we get the official selections? I think they um they come out they don't come out first round. I know MVP will come around the the conference finals time. That'll be announced. So I think they start to trickle in like second round conference finals time. Um, I think soon. I think on Sunday or something. Uh, you know, the, the, so we're we're recording this on a Saturday. Uh, close to this date, we're going to be getting the finalists at least. So those, um, so I think either next round we're going to start getting some like the coach of the year and and stuff like that. Um, until we move up to the MVP, which will be the the height. Well, we did. We already did get coach of the year. No, that was the that was the coaches poll, right? Oh, the coaches poll of coach of the year. Yeah, let me. Uh, I thought Monty Williams go. got it got it twice in a row because I saw on the Suns' official Instagram. I think they said two time, two two time coach of the year back to back. I sh- I shared it on my story. Oh yes, yeah. He okay. I so think he that, did, that one's official. The NB so the NBCA is that the coaches association or yeah 
Yeah. Uh, the the coach, yeah, the national. Oh, they just announced it, so I'm assuming that is the official award, right? It's not like I think. I think for him, that's the official. Award. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, because I know there's like um sometimes like players unions can have awards, and I know like uh some like in the NFL like uh the the AP is like the award that people know of, but there are like other awards uh by other platforms and and media outlets that also give out awards and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know if this was the same. But yeah, so they're going to start trickling in. But to come back to that, I guess with Marcus Smart, he's going to be huge on the defensive end, and you're going to need him to get hot in some of these games. You're going to mm-hmm. need him, Derek White, to 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 really make an impact with the occasional three, and then also slashing to the hoop. That's where he makes his bread and butter, right? And we can, we can, we can. I mean, I think, I think Tyson Horford are going to actually, actually, I think the biggest step up because I honestly, though, Shrey, I trust everybody. I trust everybody. I trust mm. Batman to make the right plays, right? <laughs> I trust Peyton Pritchard. I think Peyton Pritchard is going to come up kind of big for us because they're going to sleep on his shot. Mm. And that kid can shoot from deep. And he's been. He can shoot from deep. I think he hit. 25 think, feet, he's comfortable. I think he's 40% from three this year. Am I, am I mistaken? Yeah. About but him and him And, and he Grant. hasn't missed a free throw. He didn't miss a free throw all year. Him and Grant are going to be key to getting these open threes. People are going to leave them open. Like you're right, they're going to rotate off of them. They're going to leave them open. They're going to double rotate them on a drive, and he's going to have a kick out. And that's he's got to hit the three because and, because and that's yeah. the, that's the thing. But that's the thing is that Tatum Tatum and Brown are now Tatum more so. They're making the extra pass, and that was the that was the freaking the the sauce and the pudding. That like that is plug. what we need. That was the key. That was the spark plug. And now that they're doing that, I mean, the Celtics look different. Just watching the games. I mean, you can't help but get hyped about them. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm excited. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right is that they should beat the Brooklyn Nets. They should beat them. It'll be tough. It could go to seven games. But the Celtics should beat the Brooklyn Nets. And Brooklyn has been known to have some defensive lapses. Like, they haven't been a great defensive team all year. But they get they have, like, when we talk about the play-in game, they had a massive defensive lapse and let Cleveland back into that game when they were up 20 at the first quarter. They were up, I think, double digits at half. And they let, yeah. And they let Cleveland, they let Cleveland come back. So they get into some defensive lapses at times. And we have to take, like, as a Celtics fan, the Celtics have to take advantage, like, they have to take that opportunity and really seize that moment. They, they're going to be down in this series. They're going to, like, it's not like the Celtics are going to be up all the time, right? Just because they're the two seed. They're going to be down. They're going to have stretches, but they're going to need to come back. You have to take the opportunity when Brooklyn's not putting the pressure on. Maybe Durant but we're a misses. different team. But yeah. we're a different team than we were the past five years. And we've yeah. been able to come back. But also, the more important thing is that when we get a lead, we don't, we don't, mm. we can hold on to a lead. Not always, but we can actually do it. And like last year, I mean, Trace, you remember how many 19, 15, 14 point leads we'd have in the fourth quarter with five minutes left? that we would somehow manage to blow. Yeah. A lot. This year, I mean, just just different. So I I, I don't know. I I, I really uh, let me ask you a it's question. It's gonna be exciting. Let yeah. me ask you uh, let me ask you a final question as we wrap up, Max. If the Celtics lose the series, will you consider the season a disappointment? No. Okay. No, I won't. Next year will be the last year, though. Okay. Next year, next year is do or die, realistically, right? Because then after that, there's questions about JB staying. 
then after that, things get murky with contracts. Things get murky with paying stuff, you know, paying people, paying players. If they, I, I'm not even going to put that energy out. You know what I'm going to do after this, Shrey? I'm going to log on to 2K and change mm. all my jerseys to Celtics jerseys. <laughs> I'm going to make sure my team, I got my team has all Celtics jerseys on. Get the good vibes going. And I'm absolutely going to dominate teams as you a Celtic. Put all the sliders up to 99. Go in a TD Garden and just <laughs> you're gonna po- you're gonna post that you're gonna post that score at IG you're gonna be like yep Celtics winning season four season four <laughs> Suns and foe yeah Suns and foe Suns and foe that oh yeah also we we didn't mention about the Pelicans but th- that that's an easy clap for the Suns I'm sorry they, they, one of they, they, they one yeah. uh, sorry. Pelicans look they they've been hot. They might take a game, honestly, but again, I'm calling Suns in five. Suns in four. Suns are so deep. Like I don't even have to talk we don't even have to talk about the Suns. They're just too deep for this team. Like they're too deep for the Pelicans. Like the Pelicans have to play like Trey Murphy and Najee Marshall. Like they have to give them minutes. No, dude, Herbert Jones is gonna carry them. Herb no, I love Herb Jones. Don't don't you dare speak a bad word about Herb Jones. I love Herb Jones. Herb Jones is great. Jose Alvarado, dude. Everybody's like hyping over. Grand Theft Alvarado. Thank you, NBC Sports Edge, for that nickname. But that is um, (laughs) that I love both those guys. Hum hustle guys. Have you seen? Have you seen? Like quickly, have you seen Jose Alvarado's um, like little thing he does sometimes where he'll hide by the bench, like behind a runs, and then he'll run up and get the steal. (laughs) it's so good it's like the old rondo move where he's like it's a meme now people people know about that like i saw somebody literally try to do that in a pickup game (laughs) and then somebody was like get away from me jose whatever your last name is (laughs) yeah dude he's making a name for himself i like it but yeah they're gonna yeah they're not gonna win (laughs) (laughs) uh straight straight one more thing before we go and it is about the the celtics and the nets so Mm -hmm. as we know Kyrie was on the team yeah, beef with Kyrie between the city of Boston. Uh, some people argue some players in the franchise, and just kind of like there's there's not good feelings surrounding Kyrie. Last year, when we met them in the playoffs, first round, same thing. Yeah, he made a point when he was in TD Garden to burn sage and then stomp on the Celtics logo as yeah. an intentional sign of ill will. This year, because his team is not slated to win automatically, he says. Guys, 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 let's just play the highlight reels. Let's all be friends. Let's just forget about what happened, forget the bad vibes, and keep on going. How do you feel about his comments? I mean, it's funny It's funny coming from a guy that fed into that. Like, even when you take it back to the – you don't even have to look that far. Remember this year when they played the, the Nets and he was like – they're like he's talking about the Celtics fans. He was like, they're like the scorned lover, the scorned girlfriend that just wants the person back. But they, you know, what I mean? he made all those comments. It's like, and everybody was like, nobody, literally, any Boston fan would be like, nope, like I don't want you back. Yeah, so it's like, why, why is he now trying to compartmentalize something that of a month ago he was feeding into? He was if he if he wasn't saying a word about it over the past two years. Right. And he was just doing his business and he was like, I'm not going to say a word about the Celtics. So, you know, I, I love, I liked my time with them. If he said good things or about them, like it just, or it just didn't say anything he, like he could. Yeah. Even he could have said, I liked my time with them. Uh, I appreciated the opportunity, but it's time to move on. Like if he had just like, or said nothing about them, then for the Celtics fans to be like, you know, if they get angry, then 
it, it makes sense that he's like, can we just move on? Right. But he's fed into that narrative. He's been a part of that narrative. So for the him, for then for him to be out of the nowhere, like, let's move on. Let's let's do that. Like, no, dude, right before people playoffs. are angry. Just people are, yeah. People are not only angry about you leaving. They're angry about how you exited and then what you've been saying after you've exited. They're ang- like, you know, what I mean, like. Honestly, though, Shrey, I think it's more about the after stuff. It's like I don't, yeah. I don't know too many Boston fans who are like, "Oh man, I miss Kyrie." Really, he wasn't, he wasn't a winner for us. He wasn't the missing piece. Like, yeah, he was good. He was a hell of a lot better than Kemba. But I don't know too many people who are like, "Oh man, I wish we could retain Kyrie." Like, no, he's a weird dude. He doesn't really fit our culture, and that's fine. We have two budding superstars that could literally be better than Kyrie. The only right. problem is everyone is freaking friends with him, dude. No one wants to say a bad word about him. <laughs> Jason Tatum's well, like doing po- Jason Tatum's like doing podcasts with him and like, like dude, I don't Kyrie's know. the best. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so it's like at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm like, who are we going to want to beat this team? Like, is there anyone on this team that is going to like be like vindictive in their stance and like be like, yeah, I'm going to beat Smart. Kyrie. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. He's like I know he, I know he's cool with Kyrie, but like that guy's a dog, and when it comes to his team and winning, he'll actually be able to like put the put the gas put the gas on the pedal. My hope is that my hope is that uh, Tatum finds something something of that too. Like he's he'll take uh, happiness in beating a Nets team, even though his friend is on it. Because when your best player does that, then it's like it's no like you have no ceiling. When your when your best player is, they want to beat this guy. Like, even if it's like, okay, yeah, we can be friends after, but they're going to do every, anything in their power to beat this guy. I'm like, that's the mentality you need. That's that like killer instinct. Like that's when we know Jason Tatum is going to have this killer instinct in the playoffs. And yeah, Kyrie didn't have a, like he had a, he had a really rough two years. The first year he got injured. We went to the Easter conference finals. The second year he shot like, four for 20 something in the first round and he we lost like four 20%. straight games he shot like 20 and we lost yeah. four straight games after uh going up 2-0 so it's like what what memories are you gonna what memories are you gonna talk about the memory when he said he was gonna call lebron after the orlando loss because he didn't get the ball and he was like i called lebron this is how you, people yeah, don't remember yeah. like there's so many more of that and he's if he's gonna feed into the narrative of like ha ha i'm out and you're still you and i'm me what are Celtics fans gonna be like? They're gonna still hate you, dude. Like, and I'm all about, and I'm all about, and honestly, like though, Shrey, like it's, it's, we can't hold on to it forever. Yeah, for but sure. Because you're right, but because you're right, he keeps because bringing you back, though. <laughs> That's right. it. And it's also just poor. It's also just poor timing. You know what? Like, if he came out after this and said, "Hey, you guys win," or "I won," and he was humbling in victory and defeat, and he's just kind of like, "Like, hey, I know that we've had beef, but like." You guys played good regardless of the mm, outcome. Yeah. Let's now let's forget about it. But because it's beforehand, what he wants to like make peace before he gets his freaking butt kicked? No. And why does he care? Why does he care about the Celtics fans so much? Why does he like he may get Also much- also it's tough too. It's like well it's like, you know, Boston has a history of um well, not great uh stuff, history of racism. Bruce Brown commented on it last year. So, you know, there are some issues, but at the same time it's like you you're just going to blanket everybody. You're going to blanket all sports fans of this particular franchise and just say, oh, you guys are all bad people. No, it's just it's just not good in any he, context. Yeah, he doesn't have to answer questions about the Boston crowd anymore. Like if people are going to ask him, they're going to ask him. But he has the same opportunity to basically plead the fifth and plead the fifth or say something nice. 
like yeah he doesn't even have to but like at the, at the bare minimum he doesn't have to say anything and then this the narrative that he wants lee to leave can just like people won't care about it anymore people will just be like yeah we didn't like Kyrie. great what about us now we still want to beat him like we still want to beat him at the end of the day that's all we want we don't want like i don't want like revenge on Kyrie anymore that's the key. I don't think something just an opponent. He's just an opponent. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's the same as if we were to play. Like, who in the Eastern Conference do we have, like, no beef with? Honestly, like, the Bulls. Like, if we were to just play the – like, I don't think the Celtics have beef with the Bulls. Yeah. If we were to play the Bulls, we just, like – I like the guys on the team, but we're yeah. just going to beat you. We're just going to beat you. So, I feel the same way about this, where it's like, the, na- the yes, Kyrie is right that everyone should move on, but he's not the person to say it. If he's going to be the person to say it, he's got to make a lot more action to – not bring it up or not answer questions about it before saying it. Like, there's got to be a lot more evidence of that. Guys, guys, let's all just be friends, man. <laughs> oh my god, you know, after I, he's like, after I'm he's glad like, that I'm enlightened. Yeah, after he's like, he's like, oh, screw these guys. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm so glad that my third eye opened and that I'm enlightened. Like, I would never do any of this stuff. Why are you guys so mad? Still, come on, guys. let's just move on. Nothing bad happened. It's exactly. It's it's like he's like scraping at the edge of the cliff when he sees that he's like falling down. There's no, and then he's like asking for a Boston fan's help, and then they're just gonna come up and stomp on his fingers. Like, <laughs> really? Gonna, really? Is, what is he gonna ask for next? Like his number retired? Like why does he keep talking about the Celtics the way he does? I think like, I he's the one. I think he was projecting. I think he's the the ex that feels spurned, and he's like, "Take me back, baby, come back. <laughs> you can blame it all." Me. <laughs> I was wrong and I just can't live without you. All right, I'm done. <laughs> That's him. That's Kyrie. Yeah. Baby, come back. All right. <laughs> He's like, the, you're like the reprise. I got to do the reprise. <laughs> uh, I, my album is coming out later this year. I'll make sure to advertise. Max, we got to get that. Max, we got to get that all clear, dude. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> The legal team starts filing cease and desist. Oh, my God. All right. Well, this has been truly, really, truly. And, you know, I just want everybody to know that before the pod, me and Trey were like, let's make it short. (laughs) Is it ever short? We got a lot to say. No, it's not. But we thank you all for being here with us. Um, It was a good time. We hope that you learned something. We hope that you had fun. Make sure to tune in next week for more good content and follow our socials because we are everywhere with TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Email. <laughs> email. All of the above. So anyway, join us on our journey and our sports uh, in our little amateur hour sports world. But yes, thank you so much. This has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max Longwood. Trace. And we'll see you next time. Peace.